0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zuma Radio.
1: Welcome back. Uh, We turn to a very important topic now. A new study highlights a glaring gap in our approach to cancer research. The problem is that there doesn't seem to be a relationship between the death toll from the disease and the number of clinical trials testing new treatments. What's more, the critical factor giving some forms of cancer the edge Seems to be strong marketing, not need. Uh, just to take an example that is certainly very personal for me pancreatic cancer, which is the deadliest form of cancer. Uh, it has a survival rate still in the single digits and the only one that does. It's now the fourth largest cause of death from cancer, on track to be the second largest cause of death from cancer by 2020 if there's no improvement in the survival rate. Yet, only five percent of clinical trials were devoted to it. By contrast, breast cancer received 30 percent of the clinical trials, though it made only 10 percent of mortality. Now, this study is out of Queen's University, and on the line, I have co-author Dr. Jim Biaggi. he's a medical oncologist and also a member of the Medical Advisory Board of Pancreatic Cancer, Canada. Dr. Biagi welcome.
2: Yes, thanks very much, Libby, for having me.
1: Okay, tell me about this study. One of the things I noticed, I have seen uh, similar studies. However, they usually look at the amount of dollars. You looked at uh, publications and clinical trials.
2: Yes, that's right. We actually looked at dollars as well, but, but specifically we looked at um, public, published research of clinical trials uh, in the English language, and tr- we tried to limit it to the Canada and United States. And and looked at research output by the ten uh, um, commonest cancers for adults.
1: And uh, were you surprised by what you found?
2: No, I think as you said in your uh, your introduction was excellent. Uh, by the way, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you, you interpreted exceedingly well. Um, the, the, the the I don't think there was a surprise in that. We we know as uh, researchers and as clinicians. Um, just based on reviewing literature on a regular basis, that there's, there are probably uh, it, disparities in, in research output for, across the different types of cancer. But what we did specifically then was, was look at research output specific to cancers um, and re- related that to the mortality or the likelihood of death from those uh, top 10 cancers.
1: What what I see here, and um, please tell me if uh, you can think of any way that we change this. So you take the common cancers that get a lot of research funding, like prostate cancer, breast cancer... They're very common. They both have very high survival rates, uh, 89% for breast cancer and up like 96 or something for prostate. Am I correct?
2: That's close, yes.
1: Okay. So you have those cancers. They affect a lot of people. A lot of people survive. They become active. They advocate. They donate money. Um, there's a lot of money available. Therefore, people who want to do research know that if they research these cancers with a lot of funding that they'll probably get money to do their work and it's it it becomes a kind of circle am am I right
2: yes so we 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 tend to only be able to do research if we can uh, have it funded because it 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 takes money and and resources uh, to do to do the research so when there's funding available we can try and answer questions about cancers and when the funding isn't there we are much more limited
1: um, and so, uh, you've documented this. Uh, and, and the other um, thing that was quite interesting, and also, frankly, not a big surprise, is lung cancer, which is uh, the biggest killer. But it has a stigma, you know you get lung cancer, and people kind of assume you brought it on yourself, and that really impedes funding correct
2: i think there's there's that attitude within the medical community and within the public uh, yes I, I I think that's that's right now, as you mentioned in in your introduction, um, pancreatic cancer may become the second cause of cancer death uh, in the next ten years if if we don 't have some substantial uh, um, improvements. But lung cancer will still be the, the top one, regardless whether it's now or in 10 years from now. Um, and, uh, and so it still is the, the, the toughest cancer to treat.
1: Um, yes. And uh, do you know what percentage of lung cancer is not caused by smoking? Um, I don't know exact amount, but I, I would say upwards of a quarter of
2: all patients who get lung cancer have been non-smokers. And it might be even be higher than that
1: right and uh but it's it's very difficult and i i know of people uh who got lung cancers who were non-smokers but uh but still i mean again there is there is really that kind of uh blaming
2: yes yes and, and uh th- there is that stigma um with with certain other cancers as well
1: now, I know that wasn't part of the uh, scope of your research, but uh, uh, we only have uh, a little bit of time left. Uh, do you have any thoughts about how to change this?
2: Sure. So, I mean, the fact that th- this study has been published and there, there certainly has been attention paid to, to um these sorts of issues for, for several years now. And, and even in Canada, there, there have been publications looking at cancer research into specific cancers. Ours isn't the first study, and it's not the only way to look at at this issue of, of funding and of, of research output. But I think our, our study helps to contribute to the discussion. And one point I'd, I'd want to make, I, I, I do treat a lot of um, uh, pr- pancreas cancer and colorectal cancer as well, which was in, from our study relatively underfunded. I do not treat breast cancer, but I, I don't want to be seen as, as a a cancer specialist trying to pit, you know, the breast cancer community against the pancreas cancer community. I, I, don't, I don't think that's well served, but it, it does highlight the need for us to be more proactive, looking into um, opportunities to fund these, these lesser cancers, like uh, uh, lesser funded cancers, like, like prostate and lung, or I mean, sorry, pancreas and lung, and prostate's sort of in the middle of, it, it sort of got that situation where breast cancer research is well funded and it has... Uh, if, there's several reasons for that um, and one of them is the survivorship that you mentioned and the advocacy that can occur and prostate is beginning to um, benefit from that as well with you know, the Ride for Dad programs and, and Movember, that's those sorts of things and the inter- increased inter- interest in men's health so that's a, that's a good thing for prostate cancer and so we're not trying to say you know, take money away from those and give it to, to pancreas cancer necessarily because the history of, of why this pattern is there is is more complex and, and than just someone deciding to give lots of money to breast cancer. That's not a fair assessment of how that works. It's very much more complex. There's, there are government organizations, um, charity organizations, uh, industry, et cetera, So... Uh, it's a lot more complex. But, but these sorts of studies hopefully will, will help us uh, look in greater detail as, as to how to be, better fund the, the, the tougher cancers.
1: Okay, that is, that is the hope because we really do, do need to uh, better fund the tougher cancers. That's all we have. Dr. Biagi, thanks so much uh, for joining us.
0: And thank you for your time. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1.